Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about one of my favorite companies, Paleo Valley. They make some of the world's best health products, and I really love their Essential C Complex, which is one of the only immune-boosting products on the market that's made from whole food sources of vitamin C that your body can effectively absorb. You see, most vitamin C products only contain a fraction of vitamin C called ascorbic acid. This is the synthetic form of vitamin C, and it's often processed with GMO corn. With Essential C Complex, you get the full spectrum of vitamin C with all the additional nutrients, minerals, and bioflavonoids that make it so powerful in the first place, the way nature intended. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains three of the most potent sources of vitamin C on the planet, the unripe acerola cherry, the amla berry, and the kamu kamu berry. The acerola cherry alone is 120 times more potent than an orange. The daily recommended amount of vitamin C was decided upon based on the amount of vitamin C you need to not get scurvy, not really the amount you need for a stronger immune system. And this is why Paleo Valley Essential C Complex contains 750% of your daily recommended value of vitamin C, completely sourced from nature, so you can thrive, not just survive. You see, vitamin C is an extremely fragile nutrient, and it can very easily lose potency if it's not processed correctly. So Paleo Valley has worked with the most responsible manufacturers they could find to gently break down each of these fruits and to guarantee no vitamin C was lost in the processing. They recruited a non-biased third-party tester to confirm it contains the amount they put on the label. Because in times like these, when everything seems uncertain, your immune system shouldn't be. Paleo Valley Essential C Complex is non-GMO, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and made with all organic superfoods. No fillers or flow agents that you'll find in most supplements. Nothing weird, just food. Check out paleovalley.com and use the coupon code JOCKERS, just simply my last name, JOCKERS, J-O-C-K-E-R-S today to get 15% off your order. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We've got another Q&A session here. This is our last one of 2022. And uh, hopefully you guys have all had a wonderful year. And I know we've, if you haven't listened to some of these Q&As, if you're newer to the podcast, definitely go back. We, we address so many different issues. Um, in fact, a lot of you guys are asking questions that we've addressed many times on these Q&As. So, you know, you just go back in the archives of the podcast and uh, be sure to, listen to the Q&As, you'll just get so much valuable information out of that. And so supporting me today, joining me is the great Hampton Young, uh, functional uh, health practitioner, functional health coach, works with people all around the country, all around the world, virtually helping customize health programs for them. So Hampton, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. Thank you, Dr. Jockers, for having me. It's always always good as usual to, to get in and, and answer some questions for some folks. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready to, to dive in. I know we we go long on the answers, so we better we better get started. Yeah. So uh, that's right. We uh, try to give good, thorough answers. <laughs> so uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to, to I uh, mess around here. All right. Let's get that's started. Right. That's right. OK, so we'll start off with little voice. Ask. Please, can you do a deep dive on quotations, wear and tear arthritis of the hip? Conventional doctors just don't, they just say, wait for it to get bad enough and then have a hip replacement. There's no advice on diet, fasting, uh, let's see, body, muscle, gait, I think she says, gait ratio, yeah. exercise, gut health. So just holistic, you know, yeah. health. There's there's not a lot there, She's she's asking. For sure. Well, wear and tear osteoarthritis. So osteoarthritis basically is joint inflammation. And, you know, by the time you get diagnosed with uh, kind of a late stage osteoarthritis, the joint capsule itself, so the synovial joint, the disc in there has really been worn down and it can be incredibly painful for individuals that are dealing with this. And typically in the medical world, that's it's absolutely right. I mean, really, they they're they're going to give you drugs along the way. Um, and said things like that to help reduce pain. And of course, that's, you know, the mainstream medicine, that's their approach to reducing inflammation. <clears throat> it's not really getting to the root cause. <clears throat> it's just, you know, basically a drug to kind of cover it up. And they're going to do that until it wears down, and then they're going to give you the hip replacement. So from a functional perspective, when we think about osteoarthritis, you know, there's a couple of things we definitely have to take into account. We have to take into account gait, and that means kind of how you're walking. Are you putting you know, too much stress on that area, or are you walking with a good balanced gait, putting, you know, the, the right amount of stress? Are you doing high impact exercises on that region? And is that joint capsule already injured and damaged? And then of course, you know, if you're, if it's injured and damaged and you're putting a lot of stress on it, you know, it could wear out faster. Kind of like, you know, when we look at our, our, our car, you know, we're going to rotate the tires. Um, well, in a sense, optimizing our gait and optimizing our pelvic floor and our pelvic structure is really important there too. So chiropractic care can really help chiropractors, some physical therapists, there's physical therapists out there that really specialize in gait. And, uh, you know, there could be issues related to your ankle, your knees, your hips, your pelvis, your lumbar spine, your, even your cervical spine, even forward head posture. We know if you're walking around, your ear is, you know, uh, jumping out way in front of your shoulder that that actually is going to put more stress on your lumbar spine, on your sacroiliac joint, on your hips, um, and it's going to cause problems. So looking at your posture, um, your holistic posture, and working with a specialist on that, whether it's physical therapist that's good with that or chiropractor that's good with it, uh, can be super beneficial here. There could also be, you know, there could have been like a, an injury at some point there and scar tissue built up that's restricting the motion because all joints need good quality motion to get fluid and nutrition in there um, into the discs because the discs, the soft tissue around the joint is avascular, meaning that there's not like a direct blood supply. So they depend on movement, which creates an osmotic change and helps pump nutrients into the region. So getting the proper motion in there and if there's scar tissue because of a previous injury, um, that's going to restrict the motion or restrict the, the amount of nutrients getting in there. So a chiropractor, physical therapist can look at that and help break some adhesions. If there is do some adjustments in the area, get the proper movement, um, and look at, again, your, 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 your holistic posture and give you, uh, an opportunity to, 
to really optimize that. So that's obviously from a physical structural perspective. And then, you know, obviously we want to look at nutrition. We want to look at, you know, kind of environment you're, you're putting on inside of your body. So if you're eating a lot of sugars, processed foods, refined oils, um, you know, that's going to create higher levels of inflammation in your system. And with osteoarthritis, we often see things like insulin resistance. We see um, low stomach acid levels is really common because, you know, you need the stomach acid to be able to absorb key nutrients, things like calcium, magnesium, zinc, um, that are all key for keeping inflammation under control, for good joint health. And if we're not producing enough stomach acid because possibly a gut infection or we're under stress, we're not eating the right foods, then we are not going to be able to absorb some of those key minerals and nutrients, amino acids as well. Um, and so that could be, you know, a significant problem. So we definitely have to look at diet, you know, as well as movement and try to do our best to get the blood sugar stable. So I always recommend, you know, my, my staple things are 30 to 40 plus grams of protein in each meal. So when you eat a meal, you should have a minimum of 30 grams of good quality protein in that meal and possibly 40 or more grams, depending on, you know, your activity level, your body size, that should help keep you satiated. You also want roughly about 25, 30 grams or more of fat, depending on how well you break down and absorb fat. If you have gallbladder problems, maybe a little bit less, like 20, 25 grams. Uh, for most people though, they they do pretty good with about 30 grams of healthy fats in a meal. And that will provide, along with the protein, more satiety um, and more blood sugar stability. So you want to definitely be doing that and uh, trying to obviously eat, you know, a very good real foods-based diet. So those are kind of the first two things I start thinking about when it comes to osteoarthritis. What's coming to your mind there, Hampton? Yeah, that is a great, um, a whole lot, you know, uh, just backing up just a little bit on the structural standpoint. I also think, you know, just of just movement in general, depending on your limitations and, and even just like a recumbent bike or biking itself is a really great low impact way to stimulate oxygenation in the tissues and not maybe irritate the wear and tear you may have. I think that's another easy thing to do. And again, that's going to tie right into blood sugar stabilization as well. Getting, getting an actual, you know, physical movement. That's helpful. Um, but yeah, I, a few things that I think about too is hydration, right? All the cells, you know, are, are filled with water. We're pri primarily water and all of the synovial joint fluid, everything we need adequate hydration. And I know you touched on that with minerals. So I second that with just make sure we're getting in minerals. And I just think of, of doing super hydrating, you know, tonics with, you know, apple cider vinegar, lemon, sea salt, like we talk about all the time. Um, put some magnesium in there, magnesium glycinate, uh, you can get liquid mineral drops, um, and doing those at least two times a day, maybe 16 to 20 ounces with all of those, um, you know, really deep, rich mineralizing, um, additions would be super helpful. And, um, I think about even doing a periodic, even something like a three to five day, um, a bone broth fast where you're going to be super hydrating, keep those hydration tonics in, but then you're going to be drinking lots of bone broth and getting in the collagen, the, you know, the glycine, the proline, those amino acids that are great for the structural integrity of, of the, uh, you know, collagen material, <clears throat> but then you're going to be getting glucosaminic and joint again, anti-inflammatory, very good, like sulfur compounds in there for just overall building up and supporting the joints. Um, and then you're going to get lots of minerals again. So those are some things I think about. And then red light, I think red light is, um, really awesome for uh, structural and tissue um, inflammation and, and it's uh, near infrared specifically, it's yeah. ability to penetrate into that skin 
uh, the dermis. And um, I mean, I've used it personally on like some knee injuries, ankle issues, 20 minutes a day. And it really does um, stimulate those regenerative properties within the mitochondrial, um, you know, in the cell. And uh, without getting too technical, it just does a whole lot to really stimulate that, um, you know, regrowth process and repair and renewal that the body is already trying to do. It just helps, you know, uh, expedite that. And you think about in nature, an animal that gets sick, what does it do? It's fasting, it's drinking water, and trying to get in the sun. So um, simple principles, but near infrared, if you can do that, would be awesome. Um, what else? In, uh, Epsom salt baths. I mean, those are great for all muscular aches. Um, you're getting, again, some good quality sulfur, magnesium, transdermalase. It's really, really good for the nervous system, relaxing. So all these things are stacking to just help the regenerative effect that we're going for. Uh, as opposed to just like, you know, you even mentioned in the question, little voice that just waiting and doing nothing. So these are all very powerful things when you stack them together um, to, to really give the body the best chance at staving off that last, you know, last resort of, of surgery. So, um, oh, then, and then systemic enzymes, I can't forget those. Um, I love systemic enzymes. Yeah. I think those are super powerful. They're, um, really easy and you take them on empty stomach and they just, you know, like Pac-Man going in and chewing up inflammatory proteins and, and complexes for you. So I think those are my top five or four, however many I said, I think those would be great additions that you could consider. Yeah. I, I second that. So some, some great strategies and then some additional things would be eating more wild caught salmon, for example, getting more omega-3 fats. Omega-3 fats have been shown to reduce uh, joint inflammation and help support joint capsule health. So omega-3 fats, wild-caught fish, sardines, um, obviously using a, a purified fish oil that's uh, you know, or, or a krill oil or something like that that's got a lot of these omega-3 fats in it. So that can be really helpful. Um, also using certain herbs like curcumin, in fact, using a, a, a curcumin or a like a fermented turmeric or something like that supplement. And getting it, especially if you're in a lot of pain, you, you really want to shut down inflammation, inflammatory pathways, you know, standard dose is usually like 500 milligrams once or twice a day, but to really shut down some of these inflammatory pathways, you actually have to have to do a mega dose. So you want to do somewhere around three to four grams, right? So 500 milligrams is kind of what you're typically going to find in a capsule or, or in a standard dose when you're looking at a supplement. So three to four grams, quite a bit. You take that with meals. Um, and that can really powerfully downregulate inflammation and usually you do that for like a week or two. And then you can oftentimes start to reduce that dosage, um, because you've built up some momentum in shutting down some of those inflammatory pathways. So that can be really, really helpful. Curcumin, ginger is another good one. Um, and a lot of times those synergize, you'll see a lot of supplements that actually have turmeric and ginger together, um, because of the synergistic effect there, um, that those have with it. So, those would be a couple additional things. Uh, I know you mentioned recumbent bike. I think that's a great idea. Some sort of low intensity or low impact, right? So the impact like running or running on a treadmill or something like that um, will overstress the joint if it's already, you know, if it's already damaged, it's already trauma and injury in there um, and a lot of inflammation. So low impact movements uh, are super key. So the movement, again, pumping fluid and nutrition in there, and then, um, you know, just not stressing the joints. So I think that's all, all super, super key. Um, CBD, a lot of people have also had success using CBD as well. 
for joint pain and osteoarthritis. So that's another thing to consider. Um, but yeah, I think those are, would be some great strategies. Absolutely. And you actually have uh, your formula, Inflame Defense, and that has the systemic enzyme, curcumin, boswellia, ginger, and a few other things. Yeah, boswellia so is another really that, good one. Yeah, and that's yeah. a great formula that you can do, and you can do that yeah. in high amounts, as Dr. Jockers was saying. Right. You know, Of course, we're not giving medical advice, but you can take a lot of those in-between meals on empty stomach like yeah. in the higher doses to get that elicit that effect. So I think that's something worth trying. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's see. Jesse on YouTube asks, I've suffered from ear infections since I was a child, and I am 43 years old. I still get them from time to time. I also have issues with sinuses and allergies. What should I do to improve these issues? So when I think about ear infections, sinus, and allergies, and these are like things that are kind of recurring, I think of mold colonization uh, inside the sinuses um, that can kind of move into the ears and, and cause issues there. So that's typically probably the most common cause would be fungal or mold colonization in those areas. And that could be related to mold in your house or maybe a previous place that you were at or your office, someplace maybe that you've spent a lot of time in in the, in the past and you were being exposed to mold and mycotoxins and enough of the, the spores and enough of the, uh, the, the, the mold colonies were able to get into your system and, and, and they found a moist environment, dark, moist environment, and they set up shop. And from time to time, they uh, end up increasing symptoms. And so... I would recommend, you know, you can get a test like a Great Plains Lab organic acid test, and there's a bunch of markers that are indicative of some sort of colonization. There's also a Marcon's test as well, where you can look to see if you've got certain bacteria as well as fungal species that are up in kind of your nasal uh, cavity. So that all of those can be, you know, very helpful when when you're trying to understand this. And also, you know, looking at your house and seeing possibly there's molds, you know, there's, you might even see signs of mold. You can also get like an ERMI test or something like that, where you can actually test um, with, with like little samples that will test the dust in your house to look for mold and mycotoxin buildup. But that would be the first place that I look at if this is something that's recurring. If it's something you've had, you know, once every three years, may not be the case, right? It may have just been your immune system was suppressed. Uh, perhaps you were under stress. You didn't sleep well. You, um, it was in the winter. It was cold. Maybe your vitamin D levels were low. And you know, you know, your your body started expressing itself uh, in that way. But if this is something that you're, happen you're having you know, several times throughout the year, that's definitely an indication of some sort of colonization that's going on. So that's what, what I would be looking at. Yeah, that's that's what I think too. I think fungal is the first thing in my mind. Fungal, um, yeast, candida, and you know, small bacteria overgrowth. Candida, we always think a lot of times just in the small intestine, but really, candida can grow on the topically on your skin, in your ears, thrush on your tongue, um, and so the, yeah, that's that's kind of what what I think of too. And so um, again, from a dietary standpoint, you know, yeah, I don't, we don't know what you've tried or haven't tried, but again. I, I think it would be w worth first getting, um, I'm kind of go, jumping around here, but first getting an organic acid test, I think would be good because um, you can see fungal, you can see yeast, you can see mold. And, and I like that. And then we can also see kind of how your liver's doing. We can see some nutrient markers um, as well as neurotransmitters. So we can just get a really good insight and picture as to kind of what's going on since you've mentioned that this has been a chronic issue um, for, for a long time. So that would probably be my first step to kind of 
you know, recommend to dial things in. But yeah, from a diet standpoint, I mean, it'd be worth going even before you get the test and waiting for it to come back. Do an antifungal protocol dietarily, you know, reducing, you know, starches and, and moving into a low carb or maybe a ketogenic diet for a while, um, you know, and really eliminate, you know, we're talking fungal, so dried fruits and cashews and peanuts and definitely, you know, starches um, and increase, you know, cruciferous vegetables, leafy greens, clean, you know, protein, um, healthy, you know, the quality fats that we talk about all the time, olive oil and avocados and some nuts and seeds and, you know, you know, fat from the, from the proteins, eggs, all these um, fats, coconut oil, caprylic acid is really helpful um, as well for uh, antifungal properties. And it also helps the brain. So if you're having brain fog associated with the, you know, the issues with sinuses and in and, and the ears, uh, itching ears, infections, um, that can be helpful. And um, yeah, I also think, you know, you mentioned allergies and these all kind of dovetail because we're talking about the gut immune complex here um, and the immune system is really responsible for regulating you know, how, how much, you know, these bacteria can proliferate or not in the environment. So um, really supporting the immune and the gut with uh, some herbs. I really like polyarco, oil of oregano, uh, stragolus. Um, I mentioned caprylic acid, but those are a nice combo that I like because you're kind of getting antimicrobial action. You're getting some support for the microbiome, the gut lining, but then you're also getting um, astragalus is a really good immunomodulator helping the white blood cells, the T cells, NK cells, um, really help modulate. So when, if they're suppressed, it can help give them some reprieve if they're, you know, too active. So it kind of helps modulate as, a force, as, as opposed to forcing the action. So I like that combination of that there. Um, and then again, getting a good um, binder is important as you're changing the terrain in your microbiome. Um, you want to pull out those mycotoxins and assist the bowel um, in that process. So those are some, some things I think about probiotics as well. Um, and we've got some, some really good ones on the site. Um, we have most of these products on the site, drjockers.com. Um, but those are some things that I think about. And then there's one product that I've found really helpful is called Ion Biome. And it's actually an internasal uh, spray, but you can spray it in your ears, in your eyes, any of the orifices. It's very helpful. And it, it actually is a unique product in that it uses uh, a humic uh, extract from the soil, and, and this this molecule acts as kind of like a communication molecule, so it actually helps your own bacteria um, kind of rebalance and restructure um, what, you know, uh, what should be there in the right proportion. So if you have an overgrowth or an infection, it kind of, in a, in a you know, simple way, communicates to the, the anaerobic bacteria that we don't want building up that, you know, they're no longer needed or, you know, kind of kicks them out, so to speak. So that's something I've, I've seen work really well. Um, with a lot of people, but again, you got to go to the root cause the etiology. Like Dr. Jocker said, if there's mold in the house, if there's you know leaks somewhere, um, really check that environment out, and then really um, you know look at the diet, look at what have you been consuming, um, and I also think you know body type is important. Um, and we've got ecto meso um, and what's going on from gain ectomorph endomorph, mesomorph endomorph. and endo endomorph yes thank you and that's the actual body type that tends to be a little bit bigger can store a little bit more fluid um and so that body type actually does a little bit better um on less damp and moist foods cold foods so you, so that would be um you know like avocados i know they're great but in excess or like banana avocado any kind of dairy or even just too many cold smoothies can be an issue um too much, too much heaviness and cold, 
coldness there can kind of stagnate in the body. And so that can also kind of throw off the terrain and allow some of these uh, infectious organisms to kind of thrive when we don't want to. So those are some things um, that I think, you know, off the top yeah, of my I think head all those are helpful. good. And I think all those things are, are really good. And that ion, the ion sinus spray, yeah, can be really, really helpful in there. You can also use you know, a lot of people do neti pots, neti pots mm -hmm. with like saline. So you get the salt in there, which can kind of help rinse. Um, in some cases you could do herbs for some people though, you got to start small. Like we have a product formula too, that you can actually put in, but you start really small, like one drop, uh, just to make sure, because some of those, some of those, um, you know, if you use essential oils or if you use something like this, they can be very volatile. So you want to start very, mm -hmm. very small, but they do have great antifungal biofilm breakdown properties that you can use with a neti pot. Um, or a, I think it's called a visage. It's, it's kind of a it's similar to a neti pot, right? Where it's circulating water lavage. I think it's a lavage, um, mm -hmm. that, that goes in there and that, so. that can also, yeah, that can be really beneficial. And then also, um, silver, a lot of people do really well with silver. So you just kind of can put it on a Q-tip, uh, just a little bit of like colloidal nano silver, and um, you know just kind of put it into your ear, like you're, you're almost like you're cleaning out your ears just with that Q-tip, um, and just kind of put it in there, and that can help keep some of the species down. You can also obviously put it up in your nose, or you can mix it in a neti pot or something like that, and do it. And that's typically very well tolerated. I know like our nano silver that we have, it's like, you almost think it's water, right? Because the particles are so small. Um, so nobody really feels, you know, like you don't feel the harshness that you might, if you put too much of the volatile herbs in. So that's usually very, very well, well tolerated. So those are some things that you can do kind of just more locally, specifically, mm -hmm. like right in those areas. But um, going back to what Hampton was saying and what, what I started with is really trying to understand the foundation, you know, the root cause and address it from a full lifestyle perspective is super key here. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about grapefruit seed extract? I think grapefruit seed extract is, I've never used it personally. Wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. very, very good. Very antimicrobial, antifungal, anti breaks down biofilms. So it can be very helpful, but again, you gotta be careful with the dosage. So we always mm -hmm. recommend because, because again, it could be, it could sting, right. And give you a bad experience. And if you have a neti pot or something like that, you have a bad experience with it. It's like, you're not going to want to do it again. And you're going to feel mm -hmm. awful. Um, and, and, and for some people, especially if you're like in the middle of already having sinus congestion and a sinus infection, um, I mean, it, it can t really aggravate it and give you a miserable day. So yeah. you have to, it's always important to start low and slow, right? Low yeah. and slow. Don't be overly aggressive, really gradually, you know, if you you know, you can start with a drop or two and even that's going to have a powerful effect. Um, yeah. So you don't really, you don't have to be aggressive. I wouldn't do more than like two drops in a, in a neti pot. Not, yeah. In some cases more is not better. Yeah. I, I personally, I just always use salt. I love rinsing my mouth with salt yeah. and, and, and doing that in a neti pot. And you made me think of too, when you're talking about putting the silver in the ear, hydrogen peroxide is another great, yeah. I've, I've yeah. used that for ear, you know, ear issues as well. And it just feels good. Like it's cleaning, cleaning out. But again, you got to yeah. be careful if you're, making, you know, diluting, you know, if you have a 20% hydrogen peroxide, you definitely want to dilute it down or just stick with the 3% uh, yeah. as well. So those are all, all great options. This podcast is sponsored by Liver Health Formula from Pure Health Research. For anyone looking to ignite their fat-burning metabolism, boost their energy, and transform how they look and feel, they must start taking care of their liver. 
Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. It performs over 500 key functions in your body every single day. It's responsible for cleansing and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, and dangerous food additives and preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and they become sluggish. And this is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there's a simple all-natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities. It boosts your energy levels and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting 100 million Americans. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you're going to receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano delivery system. You're also getting four free eBooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Just go to getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's get liver help. So G-E-T-L-I-V-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. You're covered by their 365 day money back guarantee. So you have nothing to risk, but supplies are limited. So go head over to get liverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call toll free at 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com forward slash jockers or call 800-282-1757. So let's see, Mary on Instagram asked, what do you do for fatty liver and elevated liver enzymes? What causes this and what nutrition and supplements can help? Yeah, so fatty liver, you know, it, it can be caused by a number of things. Could be infections that that like um, like uh, herpes and different things like that, or hepatitis um, can can impact mm -hmm. the liver. So there's infections that can play a role. Number one cause though is going to be insulin resistance, and so this is the first thing that you definitely want to address is looking at your diet and um, taking out processed carbohydrates, taking out refined vegetable oils pesticide, you know, trying to reduce your exposure to any sort of chemical based agents that could be possibly in your food. So if you get rid of processed foods and you're eating real foods, that's a great first step following that, that plan that I talked about before, where we're really prioritizing protein and fats, right? Taking out grains and sugars, prioritizing protein and fats. If you get a little bit of fruit in there, not a big deal. I think fruit has a lot of health benefits to it. But, um, you know, take away fruit juices, right? So you wouldn't want to be drinking fruit juices. You don't want to be drinking any sort of, you don't want to drink calories in general. Um, and so, um, so take those things out, really prioritize the protein, make sure you're getting a lot of good movement, exercise, um, intermittent fasting as well. 
So doing something like a 16 or 18 hour fast on a daily basis and eating your meals in a six to eight hour eating window, eating two to three meals in that time span. And then you, you know, once you get good with that, trying to push it to like a 20 to 24 hour fast one day a week, I think can be really helpful in some cases. Although I recommend, you know, doing this with like a health coach that can monitor you or, or understand your, your case, somebody like Hampton, we'll, we'll, we'll push that 20 to 24 hour, hour fast to maybe a 36 or 40 hour fast, which really brings down your insulin, bring it turns on fat burning and helps your body get rid of, you know, this excess fat that may be on the liver, for example. Um, so all of those things are super key. And then, you know, on top of that, there's different strategies you can do. Like, for example, a castor oil pack, putting some castor oil and Ooh. putting that over the liver helps dilate the liver, um, the, particularly the bile ducts and helps them push waste out and helps, uh, you know, basically soothe and heal the liver. There's also different teas and herbs you can use like dandelion tea, ginger tea that are really, really helpful for liver function. And then there's herbs like milk thistle. And um, I mean, you can get supplements with milk thistle with um, tudka, which is like a bile salt that really is supportive. Beet, uh, artichoke. These are some great things that you can be doing as far as herbal perspective. Um, and you can get supplements. I know we've got liver support on our website. That's that's the supplement I typically use with fatty liver and elevated liver enzymes. And it's got milk thistle. It's got um, medicinal mushrooms like cordyceps and reishi that's in there. It has got N-acetylcysteine, which is you know a, a amino acid that cysteine is kind of the limiting amino acid in the production of glutathione. And we know glutathione is really important for protecting liver cells. So getting a supplement like that and utilizing that as well can be super key. Yeah, those are all great. Those that's what I that's what all I was thinking. So you covered that. But a few extra things um, yeah. I also really like is uh, carnitine, and that's an amino acid that uh, your body can synthesize, but often we have trouble either getting enough from the proteins and foods, or if we don't have good stomach acid, we're not able to synthesize it. So carnitine is a great amino acid you can add in, and it really helps. Um, actually, it's a, a limiting step in fat metabolism. So yeah, B vitamins and carnitine actually allow the fats we eat to then go into the uh, the mitochondria to, and the electron, train, you know, electron transport to produce energy. So carnitine is very helpful, especially when you have insulin resistance and your body's having trouble Utilizing carbohydrates, so it's trying to shift into fat metabolism, but the liver sluggish phase two detox is down per se, like not not really working very well. We're not digesting the fats, so then you just get this stagnant kind of position. So that can really help liberate some of the fats for energy, particularly when you're lowering the carbohydrates as well. So carnitines I've found to be very helpful personally and with clients. Um, I do really like Tudka, and uh, it's a great it's a bile acid and it also has taurine attached to it. That's where the tea comes from in the uh, Tudka, but um, that's great for stimulating bioflow. But I also I've read some cool research um, in its ability to improve insulin signaling and sensitivity within the hepatic and the liver cells itself, which is very important when you have specifically like non-fatty, uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver type issues where you're building up triglycerides, and that actually has a, a sugar alcohol attached to it. And so the metabolism there is getting interrupted, and that's that's going to be very helpful for helping break down triglycerides and actually shuttle them to and throw from the liver to the cells in the body um, with the rest of the um, the transport proteins HDL or H HDL and LDL. Um, so Tudka is really good for multiple uh, supports in the kind of dysfunction that we see with elevated liver 
enzymes and fatty liver. Um, and then I think you touched on it, but just getting sulfur-based proteins and vegetables. And so that's going to be like something like eggs are a great source of you know sulfur, but they also have choline, which is really uh, helpful in the methylation and all the conjugation processes of liver detox. Um, Curfiscerous vegetables we talk about a lot, but Brussels sprouts in particular I really like um, mm -hmm. as well for getting that good sulfur sulfation pathway moving um, is is really critical and key with with all you know liver issues really, um, and then also supporting the glutathione like Dr. Jockers mentioned. Um, those are building blocks for glutathione, which is an antioxidant. It's, it, it's supporting the cell membranes. It's protecting DNA. So we definitely want to support that um, systemically and in the yep. liver as well. So. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, I'm also a big fan of warm lemon water in the morning. Mm. That is kind of like an ancient like Chinese medicine approach to uh, supporting the liver, just getting some warm lemon water in the morning. Uh, very, very helpful. Lemon has got bioflavonoids, vitamin C that really help with uh, liver cell regeneration. So that can be really helpful. And then also we think about the liver from kind of an emotional energy perspective. It's associated with anger, frustration, and bitterness and unforgiveness. And so uh, not to say that, you know, everybody that struggles with fatty liver deals with that, but that could be possible. And so um, it's really good to do some self-examination and see if um, you know, you're dealing or you're harboring any of those types of feelings and really working with somebody, a pastor, counselor, close friend, family member that can really help support you uh, in, in working through that. Perhaps you've had post-traumatic stress from something um, and all of that can can certainly impact your liver health as well. Yeah, I think that's great. You marry both of them, you, you know, yeah. walk in thankfulness and gratitude every day anyways, and then partner what we just talked about with the diet and supplements. And it's like, Whichever one is, you know, a little bit, you know, stronger, it's you're gonna you get you get the benefits of both. So I think those are that's fantastic to to tack in there. Absolutely. Um, all right. So Susie asked on YouTube, what's the true different differentiation between canola and express canola oil? My feeling is Spreller. that express expreller the strange word, expreller <laughs> press uh, is slightly better. Uh, but there's still two highly processed hydrogenated oils. Yes, that cause major inflammation. What's your consensus, please? Yeah. So typically, <laughs> when they're pressing seed oils, they're using a lot of different uh, chemicals, solvents, hexanes that are really bad for the body. So Expreller Press uses more of kind of a physical rather than a chemical process to extract the fat, push the fat out of the seeds. Um, and so it's, it's, it's better, right? It's not using the chemicals. So that's good. So it's more of just squeezing them physically. Um, however, you know, with that said, uh, there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want canola oil beyond just, you know, chemicals involved in, in the, uh, oil manufacturing process. And so, as she mentioned, you know, it's, it's really a refined seed oil. That's very high in omega-6 fats, very fragile and promotes oxidative stress in the body. So in general, you don't want it. If you have to have it, you know, Expreller Press would definitely be the better choice, but it's not something we would recommend. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I don't recommend either one. And they're just genetically modified process with chemicals. The nutrient profile is is not not good, contrary to what you might hear a lot. Even if you have extra omega-3s, it, it, it doesn't outweigh the, the, the more negative aspects of the other nutrients and anti-nutrients in there, highly processed. So we just don't recommend it at all. There's so many better options. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. I think we got time for one more here. 
One more. All right. So family on YouTube asked, was wondering what are your ideas about fasting causing gallbladder sludge or even gallstones? Yeah, this is a common thing that, you know, some people will, will discuss that are out there that fasting, if you're doing fasting, it can cause uh, sluggish gallbladder, sluggish, you know, basically just kind of a buildup of, of sluggish bile in the gallbladder. And there is some truth to it because, you know, normally our liver is constantly producing bile. So a lot of people think the gallbladder produces bile. It doesn't. It's a storage house for bile. Bile we use to help emulsify fats, to break down fats so we can digest them. It's also very antimicrobial and uh, in, in the small intestine, helps keep the small intestine free of excess bacteria and fungus and things like that. Super important uh, digestive fluid that we produce. And the liver is constantly producing it. It's just constantly producing small amounts of it. And when we're not, you know, in between meals, it's storing it. Uh, it's storing it in the gallbladder and it sits there in the gallbladder. So over time, if it's, you know, constantly bringing in more and more and more bile, you know, obviously the gallbladder will, will, will get, you know, more larger, you know, obviously it'll have more and more storage capacity. Now, after about like, if you're doing an extended fast after about two days or so, you really stop producing bile and your body kind of shifts into a it really puts all its resources into deep healing and repair. Um, and so if you don't eat for two hours, for two days, this is why we always recommend like breaking your fast with liquid foods, really easy to digest foods because you have turned off your digestive juice production during that, that period of time, because your body's shifting its resources to really focusing on deep healing and repairing within kind of the two day span, your body's still producing it. Um, obviously like you know, the within a 20, 24 hour fast, it's really no slowdown in, in production. And so you're building it up in the bio, in, in your gallbladder. Now, with that said, normally if you're healthy and you're well hydrated, your ear, your insulin levels are stable, you're eating a healthy diet, um, full of real foods and, and minerals and things like that. You should be having really healthy bile in general. You shouldn't have sluggish bile. However, for a lot of individuals, they have, you know, eaten a diet full of sugar, carbs, refined seed oils, and all these things can cause more of a sluggish bile buildup. And then they start doing intermittent fasting, yet they've got, you know, years of kind of this wear and tear on their body. And it's possible that they could cause, you know, just an overload of sluggish bile to build up in their, in their um, gallbladder as they start following, you know, a, like a ketogenic diet or a, uh, or a intermittent fasting lifestyle or a combination of both. In fact, one of the biggest risk factors for developing gallstones is actually too much weight loss, right? And this is because, you know, people start going on diets where they're not utilizing as much of that bile. And then what happens that bile is already super sluggish. It sits in there for a long period of time. It's congested. It starts building up uh, stones. So if, if that's you, if you're kind of, you know, just nervous about your gallbladder, perhaps you've got a family history of issues there. Um, you've had issues in the past, or you're trying to come off of a not so good diet and move into, you know, the kind of diet approach that Hampton and I talk about, then I would highly recommend making sure you're really well hydrated using a lot of bile support herbs. I always think of this, this idea of, of, uh, bitter is good for your liver, right? So you want bitter, greens, right? So you eat a lot of greens. Um, one of the best would be, um, you know, dandelion greens are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Arugula is really, really good. So those kind of bitter flavors, parsley, super good. You could drink teas like dandelion tea, um, 
ginger tea, all really, really good for supporting liver function. So you, when you're eating, eat, consuming a lot of these foods, artichokes, fantastic for liver gallbladder function and, and, and for, for bile flow. So those are fantastic things to be doing on a regular basis. I had mentioned earlier castor oil packs, right? So wearing a castor oil pack naturally dilates or opens up those bile ducts and allows the bile to flow through. And it also helps to thin the bile. And that's what we want. So hydration, these kinds of uh, vegetables really help thin the bile. You can also take a supplement with bile salts, like choline, for example, um, that's in it. We have one called Bioflow Support that works great. It helps add the salts when there's too much cholesterol compared to the salts. Because basically bile is bilirubin, which is a breakdown product of red blood cells. So when our body's metabolizing old red blood cells, we get this product, this uh, byproduct called bilirubin, and then it combines it with cholesterol and with a salt, and that kind of makes it flow. And so when you have too much salt, your ratio of salt, I'm sorry, your ratio of cholesterol to salt is too high. So too much cholesterol to salt, then it gets very, very sluggish. If your ratio of salt or your cholesterol to salt ratio is too low, so you have too much salts, then you get bile acid diarrhea, right? And then, so then it's running out too fast. So you have to have the right ratio for most people, especially when you have gallstones or um, a sluggish gallbladder, it means that you have too much cholesterol to salts. So getting the salts, choline, taurine, those kinds of amino acids are really helpful. Um, so we have a specific product for that. Tudka also really super helpful. Now you had talked about that earlier. Amazing product for helping to open up and get good bile flow. So these would be things that you want to do. So it's not really the intermittent fasting. It's whatever else is going on um, with your lifestyle that would actually be the contributor. However, intermittent fasting could create an environment. If the environment's already present, it could um, allow time for kind of this sluggish bile to build up. And these, so these are the proactive strategies, castor oil pack, drinking some of these teas, using some of these herbs, eating a lot of um, bitter herbs, bitter greens uh, in your diet, consuming a lot of that and um, using some of these supplements. Just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about Peak Tea. These are amazing teas that are specifically designed to enhance the benefits of fasting, helping you get deeper levels of autophagy and cellular healing, helping to shut down your appetite and support healthy weight management. They're delicious. They won't break your, your fast. They use the highest quality uh, cold brew crystallization that gently preserves active compounds at their maximum potential with no prep or brewing needed. They're 100% organic and triple toxin screen for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic mold, which is really common in tea. A lot of teas have heavy metals. They've got pesticides. They've got molds. Not with peak tea. It's the highest possible purity. And that's why I love it. This is why my family and I drink this regularly. We really love the bergamot fasting tea. We know that bergamot is loaded with theoflavins to nourish your gut bacteria, support digestion, and boost satiety. And great, it's really great for energy. And bergamot itself is great for, for your skin. It has a flavorful burst of citrus and its oils enhance digestion. They provide unique mood boosting properties. You're gonna love that. They also have the ginger green fasting tea. We know ginger is great for your digestion, great for keeping inflammation under control. We know the catechins in green tea are some of the most powerful 
immune supportive compounds that you can put in your body. Also really great for stimulating autophagy, downregulating inflammation in the body. So really, really powerful stuff there. And then you've got cinnamon herbal fasting tea, which is amazing for supporting balanced blood sugar and helping manage cravings. I love the cinnamon herbal fasting tea, really great flavor to that. And guys, Peak is extending a limited time offer just for my audience. You can get 5% off plus a free pouch that comes with 20 premium samples. So you can try different flavors when you purchase the fasting bundle. Head over to peaklife.com forward slash drjockers and use the code Dr. Jockers or D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S for a special discount. Guys, Peak has over 15,000, 15,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot of reviews. This has been well-tested. Try it for yourself risk-free with their 30-day satisfaction guarantee, and you'll either love it or you get your money back. So that's peaklife.com, spelled P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S and use the coupon code DRJockers for a complimentary gift and 5% off. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And maybe I'll just, I think that the take home too is it, the fasting isn't necessarily the cause. It might just be expediting the dysfunction or bringing it to the surface that's already there. And so doing everything Dr. Jockers just you know, listed out there would be highly encouraged before jumping into a, a rigorous fasting schedule or a long fast or something like that. I think that's a wise approach and that will um, really support you in what you're looking for. Yeah. To, to avoid that. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of this, I mean, there's a lot of crossover there between what we talked about with fatty liver mm -hmm. and with making sure the bile's flowing well. So really taking care of when we think about gallbladder, we think about bile really comes back to liver because that's where the liver is really where that's where you're producing the bile. That's where the yeah. main bile ducts are. Again, the gallbladder is really, I mean, it's really an appendage of yeah. the liver. Mm -hmm. So there's, we could call it almost one organ. In fact, a lot of people in functional medicine do, they'll call it just kind of the liver gallbladder ducts or the liver gallbladder um, center, you know, and yeah. we're kind of treating that together. Um, and so, you know, going back to the fatty liver, a lot of those same things that we talked about, a lot of crossover there with that. Yeah. My mom actually had her gallbladder out and, and, um, she, you know, was a product of the seventies and eighties, low fat, you know, everything. And, you know, of course we can't say that's a hundred percent it, but I mean, yeah. it's, there's a, there's a large correlation there with low, low fat diets yes. for a decade or more. And just that gallbladder, the liver is not producing bile. It's getting the little bit it has, it's just storing and it's just getting coagulated. And then, so it's made to pulse and be used. And, and so anyways. Yeah. Um, low fat diet important. is probably the worst thing for, for gallbladder health, because number one, you're not, you're not consuming the fat. So you're not, your body's not pumping out that bile out of the gallbladder. Mm -hmm. So it's sitting in there. And then what are you replacing the fat with in your, in your diet? Typically it's not like super high protein. Usually you're mm -hmm. consuming a lot of carbs, right? And you look at all right. the low fat foods, you know, they're typically processed carbohydrates. So now your insulin goes up when you have insulin resistance or you have high insulin, you end up basically creating more of that cholesterol in the bile and you, you, you get less, you get higher cholesterol to salt ratio. You create that sluggishness. So mm -hmm. yeah, that is the worst thing for it. Um, if you're somebody that's very overweight, you also need to be careful as you're losing the weight, you know, making sure you're following all these strategies because rapid weight loss is one of the biggest risk factors for having gallstones. 
So we love seeing people lose. You know, I've, I've had a lot of clients, I know you have as well, lose 50, 60 pounds in a few months, right? The people that were very, very overweight that needed to lose this weight. But we do need to be cautious, you know, utilizing the castor oil packs and things like that. Supporting that liver is super key as you're losing the weight, um, just to make sure that something like that doesn't happen. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, it's been a great Q&A. We love getting your questions. And if you want questions answered in this format, definitely you can email me at info at drjockers.com or email Hampton, especially you know if you're looking for a great health coach to help walk you through your health journey and help you accomplish your health goals. You can reach out to Hampton, hampton at drjockers.com. You can also find out more about him on our coaching tab on drjockers.com. So email us with any questions you'd like for us to address here, or if you want coaching with Hampton, and uh, you can also reach out to me on social media, whether it's Instagram or YouTube. This is where we're grabbing a lot of these questions. It's just people emailing us, uh, people posting questions on our YouTube, as well as on uh, social media. So love your questions. Appreciate you guys all being a part of our community, and we'll see you guys soon. Everybody be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.